Let's pray. Father God, God, I thank you so much for good weather this weekend that we can get together as a church family. I also thank you for really cool mediums like video and internet so that we can still communicate even when we're not together. Uh, so Lord, I do pray that that is uh, a blessing to somebody um, last week. And Lord, I know that there's so many things going on in, in, in this room, so many sicknesses, so many struggles, so many doubts, so many fears. And Lord, I pray that you be the God of comfort and peace and victory and joy and fill us and, and, and lead us and call us to live the lives that you have chosen us for and changed us for and completed us for and called us to. And Lord, remind everybody that Jesus wants to walk with us. He wants to, 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 to carry us and he wants to bear the burden in this life. Also, Lord, we praise you for the joys. We praise you for the great things that are happening in our lives. We don't want to just look at the, oh, this hurts, I need this. But we can say, wow, Lord, you have given us so much blessing. So I praise you, Lord, for that. And uh, we together, Lord, we lift up this church. We lift up this community. We lift up this county and this state and this country and this world. And we say, Lord, won't you move by your spirit? And, and, and we ask, Lord, that you will lead a revival in this country, Lord, that you will bring people back to you. We, we pray this and we pray for our leaders in the state. We pray for our leaders in the country, all of our world leaders, and pray, Lord, that the spirit of God uh, ultimately be working through them and in them in all the decisions that they make. Meet us here, Lord, we pray and believe that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we have, uh, as we've come to the end of January, we found ourselves to week four of four in the Chosen series as we've, we've talked about uh, the importance of finding our identity in Christ because he has chosen us, he has called us, he has changed us, he has completed us. And I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're learning. I hope you're growing. I hope you can see why I felt like this was the right thing to do as we started off 2019 because there are so many things in the world that are clamoring at us to say, well, this is your identity, this is your identity, this is your achievement, this is who you are, this is who you're not, this is what you should be, this is what you can't be, this is, this is really what matters. But, but I, I just hope that you can, through this series and through the devotional, if you got one, I hope you can just kind of come to a place where you can just sit and reset your life and say, you know what? I'm going to be ambitious. I'm going to do what I am, believe that I'm called to do. I'm going to build the life that I think I'm called to do. But at the end of the day, win, lose, or draw, my identity is in Christ, and you can't steal that from me. You can't take that from me. Nobody can steal that. Nobody can pull the rug out from under you and say, I don't care. Don't be happy. Don't be joyful. Don't be excited about yourself and about your life and what God has done for you. They can't take that from you. Your boss can't rip that out from under you. We are chosen and we are called. And we bow our knee to Jesus. Say, my identity, who I am, who I represent, and who I want to be is all wrapped up in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. And I pray that that is true for you today. And I know that is true for most of you today, but because of the work of Christ on the cross, we can proclaim that. Because of what God has done, we can say that. Because he has carried away our sins and his wounds have healed us, we can kick off 2019 with the confidence and say, this is who I am. 
You can't rip that away from me. So I pray that's true for you. I pray that you reset and kind of get to that place today. But today as we, uh, as we wrap up this January series, um, I want to talk about being called. That we are chosen, we are changed, we are complete, and we are called. So have you guys ever been in a, in, in a, in a position like this? where you're out and about and you don't think anybody knows you, but then this happens. Back when I was in college, I used to drive from, uh, from Pennsylvania to Indiana. And on the way to the state of Indiana, we had to drive through this, this really uh, terrible state that just took forever. I think they call it Ohio. It was like, it was like if, you, if, if Ohio didn't exist, I'd have been there in less than two hours. So it's like, it just, it drew on and on and on. It was like every three miles, there was a cop on the interstate trying to, to arrest us for going five over. It was, un, don't drive, don't speed in Ohio, I'll tell you that. But uh, so I'm driving across Ohio and on this one of these trips back to school and we stopped at some random McDonald's on this, uh, along uh, Interstate uh, 70 and I'm standing in line and putting in my order and all of a sudden I'm in this completely random McDonald's in this completely random town in a state that I, I don't really know that many people that live in Ohio. And all of a sudden as I'm standing there, I hear from behind me, hey guy. And I was, what? So look, there's gotta be somebody else here named guy. But then it was a, directed right at me, like, you know, would there be, right? directed right at me, I hear, hey guy. And I turn around and I look and there is an acquaintance from the college that I attend and I'm driving to. And he is just happens to be in that town visiting a friend and happens to be at that McDonald's the exact time that I walk into that McDonald's. So we talk a little bit and then we go on our way. But have you ever been in that moment where that kind of a scenario where it's like, nobody here knows me, nobody cares about me. I can eat whatever I want. I can be as sloppy as I want. Like it doesn't matter because nobody, nobody knows me. Total freedom, total anonymity. And then you hear your name and it's just like, it perks you up, didn't it? Perks you up a little bit differently because it's, it's so unexpected. But it's exciting too, because you go from a room of strangers to, hey, somebody knows who I am. Hey, I matter to somebody in this place. I'm not just a face to somebody in this place. So I wanna talk to you today about uh, being called. And the, and the main scripture, we're gonna throw it up on the screen. If you've got your Bibles with you, the main scripture that we have uh, launched everything off of throughout this series is 1 Peter chapter two, verse nine. So I'm gonna look at that uh, again today for one last time. Here's what the apostle Peter writes this to a church, to Christians who are about to be persecuted and he is reminding them. You remember this, we haven't been together for two weeks. So if you didn't watch last week, then maybe this is all brand new to you. So we, uh, we 
Peter's writing this letter to Christians who are about to be persecuted like you could never imagine, like Nero, like lantern kind of light lighten up the city with wax Christian candles, to be frank, right? Seriously, like these Christians were at risk of dying incredibly painful, awful martyr's death for the name of Christ. And Peter's reminding them at the front gates of that before they know it's even gonna happen, he's reminding them, hey, listen, This is who you are in Christ. Whenever everything gets crazy, here's something that you need to hang on to. And there's a whole bunch of this throughout the book of Peter, if you take time to read 1 Peter. But here's what he says. He says, but you are not like that. In reference to the previous verse, he says, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. And as a result, you can show goodness, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, if you sit down and you just walk through that and just enjoy what God is saying to you as if you're a believer, what God is, is, is telling you about who you are in Christ, it's just, it's a powerful powerful verse, a life-changing verse, because Peter is saying, hey, who are you? We question this all the time. He says, who are you? Who am I? What, what am I? At the end of the day, who are you? You are chosen by God. You are chosen by God. Who are you? Who are you today? You are changed by God. You're changed. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're no longer who you are. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Jesus says you don't have to be who you are. He invites us to this change. Peter says, who are you? You are complete in God. You are complete. It is finished. It is done. You don't have to fight for it anymore. You don't have to strive for it anymore. You don't have to go out and try and earn it by merit or works anymore. It is finished. You are complete and you're in the process of sanctification until you become completely complete in heaven. That's who you are in Christ. And then he said, you are called out. You are called by God himself called out of darkness, called out of the evil of this world and into his wonderful light. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So what does darkness feel like? What is this darkness that Peter says that we're being called out of? What is that? What's that look like? Have you ever been in that place? And this isn't physical darkness. This is a spiritual darkness. And I don't begin to say that I can understand everything that you have been through, all the spiritual darkness that you've maybe been facing or have faced or are facing today. But I say, you know, what does darkness look like? You've probably been there. It's things like emptiness. Like I just... I just feel empty. I just feel like there's nothing. I just feel like I have no purpose. I just feel like there's no, nothing good happening in my life. I just, I'm just floating through. I'm purposeless. I'm empty. 
It's brokenness. It's living with no peace. It's, it's hurt and just sitting there like, ah, oh, how am I going to get through this? It's worrying and being restless about, about today and tomorrow and the future and things that we oftentimes have little control over, but yet, but yet we find ourselves being consumed by this. And it holds us back and it makes us stiff and it makes our hearts palpitate. And it's just kind of everything's, ugh, can't relax. I'm restless and I'm worrying about things I can't control. It's this spiritual darkness. It's guilt and shame for mistakes that you've made that are too late to undo. But God maybe could forgive you for that. God could forgive you for that. It's anger and division. It's bitter and jealousy and unforgiveness. All of this spiritual darkness, ultimately we wrap that all in to say that spiritual darkness is life apart from God. It's living a life apart from God. It's, it's going out into the world and taking it on and, 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 and having all of these things surrounding you and controlling your, your state living life apart from God, have you ever been there? Are you there today, living life without God and wondering why all of these things that I've listed, the emptiness and the worry and the restlessness and the guilt and the shame and all of these terrible things, the bitterness and the jealousy, why are all of these constantly consuming me? Why can I not get margin? Why can I not find peace? Why can I not find joy? Why do I wake up in the morning feeling just as exhausted as I did the day that I that last night when I laid down. Why is this happening? Well, we could be talking about spiritual darkness and a need to lay things down before the feet of Jesus. Spiritual darkness. But what is being in God's light then? What is the light side? What's this wonderful and, and marvelous light that Peter's talking about? Many of you have experienced this. Many of you are living in this. Many of you love walking in the light of God because he says he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. You could also say marvelous light, amazing light, this joy-filled light. Have you ever felt God's light and God's presence and his joy and his love lavished upon you? We're in the Penelec building. This is an electric building. We've got light scriptures on the back wall. Jesus is the light, and you are called to be the light of the world. But we walk in this marvelous light because whenever we walk in light, these spiritual darkness things, they turn, they turn on their head, and they're taking over the shame and the guilt and the jealousy and the bitterness and the emptiness. They're all replaced with grace and forgiveness, and purpose, and value, and confidence in my identity is in Christ alone. What a place to be, so that instead of being filled with shame, you sense his grace, and that no matter what you're going through, you can feel his, his peace that surpasses all understanding. Why? Why are you so peaceful? Why are you so confident in this moment of suffering or persecution or, or what, what, is it, what is it? Why are you so strong in this? It's peace that surpasses understanding. It's living in 
in the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. And instead of believing lies, God speaks truth to us out of his kindness. He, he highlights the places and the things in our life that, that have to change, the things we're holding on to, the spiritual darkness that we're just like, I just, I don't, I hear it's gone, I hear it's gone, I hear it's gone. I want the light, but I, I'm also, tr- the light changes everything. Jesus tells us to go and sin no more. To step out of the darkness, stay out of the darkness. Why run back to the darkness when you can live in the marvelous light of Christ? He calls us and he invites us to come and follow him into his marvelous light. All of us, chosen and called and invited. So that's who we are. That's who a Christian is. It's what we have. It's what we're promised. It's what we can stand firm on and know that we have grace and we have forgiveness. And it's what a non-believer is invited into to not live in that darkness. But see, in the verse again, we are chosen, we are changed, we are called by God. And then it says right there in the middle Peter writes, as a result, chosen, called, changed, complete, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. As a result of what God has done for you, who he has made you, and who you can now stand firm on and claim to be, you can show others the goodness of God. And that's the first point that I want you to remember if you take notes, if you write down, if you stay strong, I want you to write this down. We are called by God to show others the goodness of God. We are called by God to show God others the goodness of God. In our church, in our mission statement of of making and guiding fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So when we Start following Jesus. All of us are called by God to show goodness, to show the goodness of God. Where, when, how, why, what? What does that look like? Where do I do that? Oh, what's, how do I make that happen? When, when, is it to, when am I supposed to do that? When am I not supposed to do that? Remember, this letter was being written to brand spanking new Christians while the apostle Peter was still alive, right? So Peter wrote the letter, read between the lines, Peter was still living. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, okay? So that means that we are pretty close, like within, within 50 years or so, right, of, of Jesus' crucifixion. So these Christians are brand new. We're getting ready to come on to a terrible time of persecution as the church expands like crazy under persecution. But he's telling these Christians, hey, you are these things. You are chosen, called, changed, and complete. And you are these things. And because of that, you can show others the goodness of God. Do you imagine in, those, in that context to show the goodness of God under that kind of persecution. But we're called to show the goodness of God where? 
simply everywhere. Simply all the time. Simply in every aspect of our lives. It's kind of like witnessing. It's kind of like being that example of Christ. It's kind of like preaching the gospel every day and using words when necessary because we're showing the goodness of God to other people all the time, everywhere we go, because he has chosen us, changed us, called us, completed us. As a result, in our life, we're gonna show the goodness of God in our neighborhood, in how we treat our neighbors, in our workplace, in how we deal with our colleagues and in conflict, in, in our fr- friends and family as we, as we grow in those relationships, in disagreements that we have with people face-to-face or online, we have these disagreements and these battles. Are we showing the goodness of God in everything that we do? Are you on an adventure to bless people? Are you on an adventure to show how good God is to you and wants to be to others? The second thing that I need you to see is we are called by God by name. We are called by God by name. That is important, that is powerful, that is valuable because each one of us, when we started following Jesus, he is calling us by name, specifically by name. He knows your name. He calls you by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows you. He loves you. He calls you. He is all about you. He is pursuing you. He loves you. He's calling out to you. Like my, like my friend that I saw at McDonald's, he knew my name. Even though I'm standing in a random group of people, he pointed me out and he said, hey, guy, Hey, guy, I want to talk to you. Hey, I know you. You're not just one more face in the crowd. I know you. I choose you. I want to talk to you. I want you to be with me. I want you to sit down with me. I want you to follow me. And that feeling of I'm called by name, by my Savior. How powerful is that? It's amazing. I think about, I think back to uh, when my sons were born. And, 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 and it's such a miraculous moment. And whenever that little baby comes out into the world for the very first time, and the doctor or the midwife takes that little baby and, and, kind of wraps him up and dries him off and then immediately, immediately lays him on my wife's chest and she snuggles close and she looks right at him and says, hello, Elam. Hello. Hello, Adler. Welcome to the world. I love you. Welcome to the world. I love you. And they look up and they smile for about 10 seconds and then it go crazy. <laughs> it's all downhill from that until they're like seven. <laughs> so at least that's what I'm, you know. 
But what a moment. That's what it's like when we're born again. It's like God knows us. He's watching us. He's waiting for us. He's anticipating that someday, someday we're going to hear the message of Jesus Christ coming to save us. We're going to hear the gospel message. And when we hear that message, we're going to hear the voice of God in, 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 in a roundabout way. We're going to say, God is calling me by name. It's like, I've heard the message. I've been to church a thousand times. I've heard them talk about Jesus and Christmas and Easter and crucifixions and resurrections and crosses and ascensions and tombs and disciples and nails and crowns of thorn. I've, I've heard about communion. I've heard about foot washing. I've heard about all this stuff. I hear it, I hear it, I hear it. But then there was that one particular day when I'm sitting in church and all of a sudden I heard it differently. And it's just like, it's just like I was being born again. Like I was being born spiritually because for whatever reason, it was on that particular day that whenever I heard the message that God loves me and sent Jesus to die in my place and save my soul, I heard him whispering my name. Hey, you, I love you. I did that for you. You matter to me. I would have done it if it was just you. And then you lay your sins down at the foot of the cross and you repent of them and you turn and towards Jesus and say, Lord, you are the Lord and Savior of my life. And God says, Hello, Elam. Welcome to the family. I love you. I love you. I've been waiting for you for a long, long time, but I love you, and I want to live with you. I want to walk with you. I want to take on this life with you, and I know your name. And I would do it all over again to have this relationship with you. It's the way God feels when we get saved. He calls us by name and he loves us. Now I wanna close out the message with this story before the worship team comes up. If you're reading your books, you uh, have already read this. Um, if you got a book. Now a lot of times I talk about that story of coming to salvation and how exciting it can be sometimes for people like where we really step out of that moment of spiritual darkness and into the marvelous light of Christ. And, 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 and then you think about that, you're like, man, I don't remember it being like that. Like, you know, I was seven and I just said a prayer or, you know, I, I, felt, I felt good. My parents were happy. I felt like there was a little bit of a weight lifted, but I, I don't have this fireworks moment. A lot of times we think that it's like, well, it wasn't like that for me or it's not like that for everybody. But, but here's, here's what, I, what, I, what I shared there is a fair illustration for how excited God is whenever you come into the family. But a lot of times on the external, we don't see the fireworks. We don't see it all. But I want to read this story from this book that this guy's actually quoting another book when he writes this. But here, here, here's the take on salvation, page 103. 
He says, being delivered from Satan, sin, and death is anything but average and boring. Having your sins forgiven and being redeemed and made alive is mind-boggling. The idea of anyone's testimony of blood-bought salvation could be uninteresting or unspectacular is defamation of the work of Christ. Your testimony, it may have occurred in the most ordinary of circumstances, but behind the scenes, a spiritual battle was taking place. The Holy Spirit of God peeled the scales from your spiritually blind eyes, awakened your soul to the bright light of the gospel in the face of Jesus, and breathed life into your lifeless soul. God rescued you from the domain of darkness, however gilded or ordinary or innocent it may have seemed. Then God transferred you into the kingdom of his beloved Son." No testimony that involves the Son of God bearing your sins on the cross in order to bring you to God could ever be mundane or boring. End quote. Because he calls us by name. He's known us from before the foundations of the earth. When the world was still formless and empty, as if God has molds of the people that are to come and he just gazes at us and loves us and longs for that day when we can be in relationship. So that when we are born, he says, hey, hey you, I know your name. Welcome to the family. I got some things for you. I got some gifts for you. I've got some missions for you. I got some callings for you. That's what's happening behind the scenes when we're called. It is miraculous. It is absolutely miraculous. And just because your mission doesn't look like fireworks doesn't mean it isn't. For wherever God has called you, I once heard a quote of a, a lady who called herself a, uh, she was a missionary for the cause of Christ, secretly hidden in a machine shop. And she was proud to represent Christ in that machine shop and show the goodness of God to her fellow workers. That's perspective. And God loves you enough to call you by name, to call you out and put you on mission for him, no matter what it looks like. So praise the Lord for that. I pray that you're on that journey. If you're not on that journey, God is always inviting us to come into the journey, to be born again, so you can hear him whisper your name. I love you. Welcome to the world. Welcome to purpose. Welcome to the family. Welcome to your calling. I've always known you and I've always wanted to walk with you. It's good to have you. Why don't you pray with me? The worship team's gonna come up and close us out. If anybody wants to pray, these altars are always open or you can come and talk after church. Father God, thank you for calling us. 
Thank you for choosing us and completing us and setting us on solid ground so that we can live how you called us to live. Lord, I praise you. I praise you that we can be born again by the blood of the cross. I praise you that you know our names and that you're calling us by name and you want to whisper in our ears, welcome to the family. I've been waiting for you. I love you. I love you. Remind us of that truth today. And Lord, I pray that if no one has ever done that, I pray that today be the day that they say, all right, I'm ready to listen to that still small voice that I've been ignoring. In Jesus' name, amen.